Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, White Sox fans. Brett Ballantini here hosting No Notes. Which is just, this is just, just on the fly here. It is Southside Sox down on the farm podcast number 27. Hey, did you miss this? It's been a while. I think I'm talking with Darren Black. I don't really recognize him, A, because it's been a while since we've done one of these. My bad. A lot of stuff going on. But also, I don't know. He's like crossing over. He did like a major league recap uh, last night. I mean, I'm not sure I know the guy mm. anymore. Uh, the man, uh, the Jack of many trades has added a couple other trades uh, to back to his arsenal here with Southside Sox. But Darren, if that really is you, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Like Gordon Beckham, I'm here when I'm called. <laughs> All right. Insert whatever jokes you need to. Boy, that Gordon Beckham, man, I tell you. <laughs> you you played a little major league baseball awfully corn pone and you got yourself a gig something whenever you need to even though you provide mm-hmm. little to no insight wow that man has <laughs> led a golden life so far through his hmm, 30 years or so okay uh all right I'm, i gotta break this into a couple parts we're gonna lead off here on our farm podcast with the guy who's recently left the farm and that's davis martin as we're talking white Sox are playing Davis Martin has had a great start. We'll get to that in a second. Let's pretend the start hasn't happened yet. So I'm going to run a theory by you. I want to see what you think about this. Tony La Russa uh, didn't want to throw a bullpen game for one of these doubleheader games, which is fairly understandable. Tony La Russa doesn't seem to trust Ronaldo Lopez too well. He doesn't seem to really tap into mm-hmm. it terribly much, certainly not as a starter. And therefore, because Jimmy Lambert, the guy already on the 40-man, is injured, uh, the White Sox do need to sort of burn a 40-man uh, spot 
to get Davis Martin up to start because it's his turn anyway. Now, again, not seeing the, and, and we'll, I'm, I'm going to get your notes on Davis Martin here in just a second, but, but not knowing how the start went, not knowing even how he's played necessarily through, what is it, like five starts, seven starts uh, in the minors this year. Uh, do you see that theory being accurate at all? The Tony Roos is just being a little bit difficult and rather than saying, hey, let's do a, a Raylo, Tanner Banks, you know, like uh, a stitch together, a scarecrow start, sort of some things had to get sort of screwed with a little bit to get Davis Martin up and to fill out the 40 men. Yeah, I mean, I think it seems like heading in uh, to today's game, it was either Giolito was going to be healthy and ready, right. which just sounds like he's going to start tomorrow instead, or it's going to be a guy from the minors. Um, it, I mean, they just really don't, they haven't had much, many off days. Um, right. And it is the second game of a doubleheader. So I'm sure the thinking was, hey, let's put out two actual starters out there, try to get as many innings as possible. And then if they went the minors route, just send them down tomorrow for Gilito. Um, And I mean, I, I think if they would have started Tanner Banks, I kind of view Tanner Banks as, Hey, um, he's in the game now. It, it's over basically, unless they're playing Cleveland and then he puts them back in to the game. Um, so that's kind of how I view Tanner Banks okay. worked out pretty well, but I going with David Davis Martin, said to me like hey let's actually you know we need some wins we can't try not to split this okay yeah and i understand and even if you like call up severino for like a weird opener type of thing you know guys are in front of me at the same time it's like okay do you need to hoard those spots i mean it does create a situation if there's a you know you know if there's a trade uh or Mm -hmm. say like a catcher injury that then you know you're you're gonna have to expose some waivers you might not want to but okay now knowing that davis martin has had really sort of a, a killer season in the minors, uh, even though he got promoted without necessarily a ton of, um, you know, a, a ton of uh, great starts in, in Birmingham, uh, definitely made the most of his two in Charlotte and definitely made the most of a start tonight. Now, again, this could just be considered his third AAA start because he is facing the Kansas City Royals, but you cannot argue with and it may call into question Johnny Cueto's starts yeah. <laughs> last night because he killed him. And then Davis Martin comes up wide-eyed, first major league start. that basically does the same thing. Uh, really terrific start. Has this guy from what you've seen, and I don't think he was our 88th prospect going into the season. I don't think he necessarily was on your radar and you haven't studied him very closely, but having a chance to look at him a little bit now, um, is this a guy who maybe at 25 has turned a corner enough to be a guy the White Sox don't feel bad about bringing up, or even if he needs to be up for a while running out there and starting, or is this just maybe another Jonathan Stever where he wowed in his first start and then, uh Oh, I mean, I think so coming into the year, uh, I mean, the reason why Davis Martin really wasn't on anybody's radar is because he was pretty bad in (laughs) um, Winston-Salem, which usually portends to mean uh, like you're just bad in general. Yeah, uh, but he did. For his credit, he did end the year well in yeah. Birmingham last year, um, but still wasn't. You know, he he wasn't pitching like he was some top prospect that was budding on coming on to AAA. He still started the year in Birmingham. He didn't improve enough last year to get into AAA, even though he is 25 this year. You would so you would think a 25 year old would make it to AAA. But I mean, with the game today, I mean, his fastball and slider look really really good. 
Um, I'm not sure his curveball was supposed to be the uh, the breaking pitch that's supposed to be a, a bit better. Uh, it didn't really seem like he had the feel for it. He was kind of leaving it hanging. If he let me put it this way, if he's starting against the Yankees, I'm not sure if he got gets out of the second inning. Um, maybe he could say the same for Cueto too, but because he didn't have a good change coming into the game, and he kind of showed the changeup was not that great. Um, but I mean, to be honest, I, after watching this game and his good fastball uh, slider combo, I I wouldn't put it past them to send Tanner Banks down tomorrow instead for Lucas Giolito and just have Davis Martin, you know, work basically in the Tanner Banks role the rest of the year. It's time to make decisions now on who's better. And I mean, Martin showed to me that he could be better than Tanner Banks to actually get meaningful innings, but yeah, we'll see. It can be just a matter of earning, you know, really earning that next opportunity, just like Jonathan uh, Steven did there at the end of uh, the 2020. I mean, that was an impressive first start. It's like, okay, they didn't have much choice, but, you know, okay, give him another one. Didn't work out, might not work out with Martin. Um, okay, uh, again, Cueto and Martin here uh, did very <laughs> well against the Royals. Um, and certainly Cueto's just fun to watch. I mean, he's got the crazy. Crazy deliveries. I mean, the guy is fun. Uh, of course, you know, we're so desperate for good news. We just collectively lose our heads like, oh, my God, we found our like, you know, second starter or whatever. And obviously that is, uh, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves because like, I just see the crash next start when he like, you know, goes, you know, three plus and, you know, gets banged around a little bit. Um, was there a difference in what you saw Are you covering it for us yesterday in Cueto? Your, your recap was really terrific in terms of some of the analysis you had and how he, he changed up his pitch mix. Um, but then also, uh, uh, Martin, were, were both, was there stuff in both cases enough to, to give you a little bit of encouragement that maybe between the two of them, there's a guy who could stick and give you some bulk innings that at least is going to give you, I don't want to say at least a Keichel because that's, that's so tricky, but Best case, Keichel, you know, like just these sort of like back-end starters, like, okay, if the offense wakes up, we got a chance anytime they're pitching. Yeah, I mean, they – I'm not I'm not sure who's going to be the first sent down of the, the, the major league three between Velasquez, Keichel, and uh, Cueto, or I guess released in some of these cases for when Lance Lynn comes back. But just having that back burner of Davis Martin there now probably gives them, uh, you know, some uh, some semblance of hope that they do have a deeper starting rotation than they thought. I think it does have more to do with the Royals because, uh, I mean, they fired their hitting coach <laughs> <laughs> before before today, before um, yeah, I mean, the series. They're sending and, guys um, home. They're sending guys home in the runners even at third base. And, yeah, they're, they're a yeah, different organization. But, at Cueto start you could tell that a lot of people were a lot of batters were flustered by the way that he was yeah. kind of changing his wind up yeah. um but with Davis Martin the good thing is he just throws strikes I and mean, you just mm-hmm. you really just need that in general I think he was on his 15th straight batter of uh first pitch strikes which is pretty incredible mm-hmm. um and this year in general in the minors his uh walk rate is pretty low so this isn't you know some aberration for just today he's a strike thrower and sometimes that burns him uh, like it did in early 2021. And sometimes it just works out. Um, and if his fastball is working like that, uh, like it was today, and the slider is biting as it, as it was today as well, that could work against a better lineup. Um, but it's too too far to say if he's, you know, a major league starter. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? You know, I've dabbled this year. So far, I haven't been called on. So, you know, I, I'm going to 
I'll knock on wood there, but you know, I love the minor league update, but you know, I, I've obviously <laughs> dabbled in it enough since 2018 to sort of get these like, you know, drive-bys with, with the system enough and then editing mm-hmm. all the stuff and, and White Sox man stuff and your stuff. Um, Davis Martin struck me again. When I saw the numbers today in the little sort of release piece we did that sort of like caught up everybody with Kopech on a uh, paternity leave and all that. I was surprised that the numbers were sort of as rough as they were. I mean, he's a guy who I know had his like ups and downs. He sort of was like, you know, hot one start and, and then not. And I think he's even a guy that maybe been discussed in the past as a, as a guy who might be more a bullpen arm, but mm-hmm. am I, am I, am I wrong to have gone in thinking, geez, the thinking that this guy was a little more impressive than really his numbers even actually said. And, and, and if so, I mean, you know, how do, how do you account for that? Does he just, when he gets hit up, he gets hit up. Yeah. I mean, for if, Looking at his bear stats, the ERAs uh, 2019 and early in 2021, um, he was just more of an innings eater. Like he would just go out there and pitch a ton. Um, and that usually got to him in the later innings. Um, so that would mean his FIP would look really good because maybe people were just stringing a lot of singles, maybe a double in there. He wasn't really allowing too many homers and he doesn't walk people. Uh, so when you look at the numbers and you're surprised at the five ERA, but then he also has a three nine fifth, like that can make yeah, complete sense okay. when you look at the kind of perif- peripheral numbers. Um, but I mean, this it even if it is the Royals, it is still the best lineup that he's faced so far, and he looked very good. Um, just <laughs> some of those hanging curveballs, I know, would have left the yard against. Yeah the Yankees. <laughs> Nonetheless, Darren, you've just made a couple triple A teams very angry and to imply that the Royals <laughs> are a better offense than them. But anyhow, oh, no, um, no uh, diss on Sebi Zavala, but listen, he's a first baseman now. Kudos to you, Sebi, for, for getting on base yeah. two thirds of the time of the week. That's phenomenal. And listen, if, if somehow get out from behind the plate or being a little bit more of an emergency catcher, somehow inject your offense into some of the stuff we saw, I want to say maybe like 2018 when he was sort of more, much more up and coming. Great. Love to see you get some first base reps along with the 85 other first basemen we have on the major league roster that's cool so definitely kudos to week mvp uh sebi zavala but let's move on and ignore another mvp uh darren as we go to birmingham and give kudos to craig dedalo who's uh, as Joe Reese would want us to point out, is an Indiana University product. He's uh, uh, slugging fairly well, but again, uh, like our buddy Mike Rodolfo, misses the ball entirely too often to be really mm-hmm. on the prospect radar. So we're going to give you heavy kudos for your week MVP, and we want to talk about you in more detail if some of that contact improves, uh, Craig. But we are instead going to talk about... Um, <laughs> a very disappointing development early here in the season. And that is the brick wall that Jose Rodriguez has Mm. hit because um, I'm assuming where he's improved slightly in the field, he's completely lost the power bat. And he's a guy who seems to have hit a wall, though still young has hit a wall at, well, it's never an opportune time to hit a wall, um, Darren. (laughs) Yeah, it usually hurts. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on with him? Yeah, I mean, so obviously Jose Rodriguez is not known as a guy who's going to take his walks. He doesn't strike out a ton, and that's still uh, the same kind of thing. Um, The strikeouts are up a little bit, but it's pretty negligible with only 29 games played. 
the worrisome thing is the power is just not there. One homer, um, another seven extra base hits on top of that and just 29 games. So not, <laughs> not very good um, for an ISO under a hundred. Um, he, he kind of did this last year, um, but the, he would never go on an extended slump because he would still, you know, hit 280. It'd just be all singles. Maybe it'd just be a 90 WRC plus week. Uh, and then the next week he would hit a couple homers and then the next week he'd hit three doubles, something like that. Um, and you're not really seeing that from him right now. He's not driving the ball that much. Um, you could point to, Hey, the fly balls are actually up, but the <laughs> infield fly percentage has doubled. So if you're saying the fly balls are up, it's probably just because he's hitting more fly balls in the infield. Um, Cause he's not really pulling the ball. Um, and when he is going away, it's, a grounder so it's not really you know that hard hard hood hard hit of a ball so he's just not barreling up anything right now um he i mean if you want to combine this with his pretty atrocious um, uh, arizona fall league experience you can it could be a uh, a trend here that just he's kind of hit you know the double a wall that a lot of prospects hit um but it is 29 games. He can turn it around. Um, I mean, he skyrocketed up people's prospect boards for a reason. I think Jim Callis said that he didn't have a weakness. Um, I would have said that he didn't have enough power, but he. And the kinda, glove. <laughs> the glove yeah. is broken. I think and that's the one of the broken. tools. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and he obviously is, is playing better defense now, but he's, Something's gotta something's gotta give here uh, sooner than later because it's not pretty. A fifty-six WRC plus is not pretty. Okay, two theories. Uh, one has is Popeye just so great that he has single-handedly uh, made it clear that Regents Field uh, is once again not a hitter's park. Uh, I th- if you want to look at it positively, sure, yeah. Okay, all right. Another thing, then. Okay, I'm going to stay positive here too, because you know he's one of my guys. You know, Trooper tries to steal him from me, but he's one of my guys. Uh, and he's and he's everybody's guy at this point because he he you know he he opened everybody's eyes last year. Um, is he just trolling the White Sox? Because as you pointed out, uh, starting Kennapolis, I mean, strong but not incredible. He got promoted and then he lost his mind. So is he just saying like? Um, Charlotte, hello. Is he just trolling the White Sox for promotion, even though he's playing so badly? I mean, I'm not sure what's going on with him. At this point, he might need to be demoted because he's still young enough. Yeah. So it's not like he's 22 and should be in Double A. He's yeah 20, 21. So we'll we'll see. Lenyon Sosa has taken all of his thunder. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, okay, now that uh, Darren has frightened Jose Rodriguez, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go back to the Carolinas and, and talk about uh, more MVPs and also avoid talking about some other MVPs. Uh, hang with us. We'll be back for the second half and single A ball in just a minute. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Valentini here, lucky enough to host somehow, again, for 27 of these, the Southside Sox on the Farm Podcast with a guy who actually does know what he's talking about, and that is Darren Black. Even though, I don't know, he might be a man in the minors, too. He does like 60 stories a week on the minors, but now, I don't know, he's creeping into the majors. So, I don't know, you know, he, he may, uh, may hi-hat us, hi-hat <laughs> us and decide to, uh, you know. Just go White Sox. Um, maybe if they actually won, that would provide some incentive for him. But hey, um, okay, we are now in Winston-Salem, and we are again going to avoid an MVP because, again, another guy I actually always thought was a little bit better than he was. Maybe I just got days where he pitched well. Uh, Chase Selesky was the MVP, I believe, for the Dash. Uh, but again, he's a guy who I think you pointed out, and it actually made my jaw drop a little bit, that his ERA for any given season had never been below five. So yeah. I'm surprised he actually is a top 100 prospect for us, but I think he was. I think he has been. Uh, anyway, Chase, well done. We want to talk about you later in the second half as like legitimate traction gaining prospect. So keep it up. Uh, keep kicking ass in Winston-Salem. We are going to give a little bit more attention to the return of I actually, again, hadn't really realized he was away, but the return of Oscar Colas. And I want to speak specifically to the fact that in your write-up, which I think we'll link in this, because why not? Some people may have skipped it. I don't know why you're ever skipping Darren Black's updates. That's not cool. Uh, So if you didn't read it, go back and read it. It's linked, so it's easy for you to get to. But uh, I want to attend specifically to the fact that you're like, uh, in your write-up, Birmingham, hello. Is this a guy who really is aching uh, for a promotion and warranting it this early in the season? Oh yeah, I, I it, it really stinks that he. Uh, I'm forgetting what injury he had, or well, I call it more of him being hurt because um, he wasn't really out that long. Um, but if he had gotten those two weeks that he missed, I'm sure he'd be either in Birmingham right now, or we'd all be like what is the point of him? Okay. like there's no point because right. he's got a 140 wrc plus the power's there he's actually walking a bit more than i thought 21 percent strikeout rate in high a could be concerning uh but just in the back of your head like he hasn't really played baseball recently so mm-hmm. some of that just might be just him trying to warm up right and if a you know if everything else is him just trying to warm up and it's a 140 wrc plus then i don't really see the point of him being there anymore um now i know he's not going to make the majors this year so maybe that's they have that in the back of their head like we can just take our time with them um, make sure that he gets uh, everything that he needs um i believe nikki delmonico is the hitting coach in winston-salem so maybe they just kind of like nikki delmonico enough just have some you know more recent mlb experience uh that you want him to talk with um but I, I would much prefer him to be in, in double A at this point. Um, maybe it comes down to, I'm not sure who they would promote from double A. That's an outfielder because he has been only playing center field. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, he's one of your top hitters in your system. Um, you should give him opportunities to prove that he is. It's the Jamison Fisher trickle down effect. Jamison has now departed yeah. the organization and now that will create openings and the domino effect will be such that perhaps he'll get the call up quicker as quick as Darren Black is demanding White Sacks. We know you're watching. Yeah. Listen to this guy. Uh, okay. Let's broaden this slightly because people for maybe good reason are a little bit, despite a really truly phenomenal, uh, impressive spring training. Yolki Cespedes is a guy who has, has struggled. Um, 
And he really is the guy along with not just because they're Cuban, although it doesn't hurt apparently um, to make the White Sox if you're Cuban. Um, the, you know, those are the two guys I think who are sort of, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, are pegged for the majors at some point. And certainly between the two of them, you'd like them to solve one of them to solve perhaps right field or outfield. Uh, you know, AJ Pollock isn't going to be here probably after this year. Adam Engel's going to be like, you know, just bouncing around, whatever. Um, as early as next year, there could be that opportunity in the competition between these two guys. And not that there's a competition because ideally they're both in the outfield one day for the White Sox. But who, right now, if you had to, and this is way too early to do it, but I'm going to still ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot because that's why you get paid the big bucks, Darren Black. And that is, I mean, where are these two guys in relationship to uh, one another in terms of maybe those prospects and maybe getting a chance to start? I know there's a lot of baseball to be played before opening day 2023 but how would you handicap that at the moment i hmm, i think in terms of yofi cespedes he's not having as good of a season right now he has some pretty bad play discipline numbers so if that persists and um uh oscar colas is still like so oscar colas has a eight percent better walk rate and a 6% better uh, strikeout rate. So he's just putting up more professional at-bats in general. So if you're looking at just kind of that factor, um, Oscar Colas is probably the guy you would expect to get there first. Um, but in with Yoki, he's just more athletic in general, and I think there might be more power in that bat, in that bat too if he can uh, <laughs> work on laying off pitches and t- taking walks when he's supposed to. Um, and he can more or less actually play center field. I don't think Oscar Colas is going to be your future center fielder. He's probably going to be a corner outfielder, um, hopefully right fielder, but um, we'll have to see in his year and a half more development until he, you would expect him to be up. Uh, but I think they're neck and neck right, right now. Okay. And the reason why they are is because Yolke has kind of not improved on what we all wanted to him last year. And Oscar Colas is looking like the guy that, you know, they got last yeah. year and producing at those numbers that he's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, ideally what? Opening day 2024, you got Colas right field, uh, Robert center field, uh, Cespedes left field for this, you know, and then we're sending all sorts of marks with the all-Cuban outfield and all-homer in a game. <laughs> and everybody will go crazy like every other game because of what all the Cuban players are doing. And then Aloy Jimenez, DH. So, yes, that is ideally our 2024. If, I, maybe 2023. Let's, you know, heat mm-hmm. up, Yolke, uh, stay hot, uh, Oscar. And, okay, with that, let's motor to Canapolis, a team that remarkably – is winning as often as it's losing uh, as the cannonballers. They do not know what that is. So it's extraordinary that they've been able to transition from losing 90% of their games to basically flipping a coin and, and winning every other time. Uh, it's the season that we thought we we're going to have last year with that loaded uh, roster. And this year they're actually winning maybe mm-hmm. with slightly less hype. Okay. Uh, the guy that we thought Benjamin uh, Benjamin Bailey uh, might have been is turning out to be uh, position uh, position ability aside. Uh, what MVP uh, Wilfred uh, Veras is doing uh, had an incredible week. He hit the heck out of the ball in Arizona. He looks like a guy who's uh, clearly um, you know quote unquote professional hitter. Uh, talk to me about what he's done, what his prospects are mm-hmm. for movement this year, or maybe even, you know, just looking further ahead. Is this a guy who you could see, you know, being a bat that's a factor at the upper levels and in the majors? 
Um, I think you can see that. Um, well, first off, I, he's probably going to go the Brian Ramos route of uh, just he's 19. He's probably going to stay in Kannapolis the entire time. Um, and the next year you could see him make a double jump. Um, but he's probably a first baseman. He's got decent pop. Uh, the plate discipline, he, he walks a lot, but he strikes like the 26% strikeout rate in Kannapolis is kind of concerning. Uh, just because it's that high that early, you expect it would go up um, as you advance. But you got to also think that he's 19. And so is this just him going through the growing pains of, you know, every day at bats that he hasn't, this is his first time at full season pro ball. Um, and even with that, he still is an, an above average hitter, uh, 363 on base percentage. So those are all fantastic numbers. Um, it's just, he's a first baseman. So the White Sox have a lot of those. Um, I'm not really sure if he could beat out Gavin Sheets. Definitely not Andrew Vaughn. Um, and then at that point, you don't need three first basemen. Or, well, I guess the White Sox do have three first basemen. Um, well, then maybe they'll be put somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, exclude, you know, I mean, who? Yeah, nobody ever asks me all my White Sox sources, and I don't give them away, but, you know, those in the know like me will tell you. Their temp at this point, their template on their like roster sheets, just uh, organizationally across organizations, the little macros they have, they just automatically put slash first base on every player they draft. Yeah. Even pitchers <laughs> are like, you know, right hand starting pitcher slash first base, just because it's like it's easier to do that than actually have to type in slash first base uh, every time for all of their their write ups. Uh, it, it's amazing. Um, okay, listen, because I'm working without notes for this podcast. 27. I'm going to end up, I guess, maybe we can find a way to end on a sunnier note, but right now it looks like we might end on a little darker note because I need to, I promise I would. I need to ask you about the triumvirate of, uh, of single A arms, mm. which is Derek, Jared Kelly, Matthew Thompson, and Drew Dahlquist, none of whom seem to be taking the step forward very early but none of them who seem to be taking a step forward, we need them to take. And I know let's not be dire, like, okay, let's write them all off right now. Or even if the season doesn't work out the way it is, I mean, what choice you have, you can't write them off, but uh, it's not an inspiring start for any three of those guys. Correct. No. Um, and the worst among them is definitely Andrew Dahlquist. He has <laughs> got an 825 ERA. He has not had a single good start. So this isn't, you know, he just gets split up right. for yeah. six runs in an inning. He right. just has never had a good start. He's walking more guys than he's striking out, which is just not great. Um, he, I mean, it was close last year with the strikeout numbers. Um, he has had a walk problem for a while, but he, you might try to start looking beyond him um, just because if, you know, halfway through the season, if he still hasn't found it, then, I mean, you could blame the lost 2020 season for, you know, bad development. But at this point, if you're not throwing strikes, right. then. Yeah, that's nothing, core stuff. Sure. Nothing you can do. Then you're, then you're Alec Hansen, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, Jerry Kelly hasn't really, I mean, he's only pitched 11 innings because mm-hmm. he's not really starting a ton. Um, and with him, he will go good start, bad start, good start, bad start, but he's not going beyond four innings. Like he's right. not really being stretched right. out. He has a severe innings limit. Um, and I, you can't really 
say much on on 11 innings besides the fact that he still has a walk problem like he's still not throwing strikes really well um but he's only worked 11 innings so he's not really getting in his groove um matthew thompson is doing the best um he actually had a string of three really good starts um again innings limit so he wasn't going more than five that time um but it was between uh mid to late april um three starts, 15 innings, and he only allowed one run. So it was really, really good. But the last couple, he's gonna, he's gotten burned. Um, the good thing um, about Thompson is that the walks are coming down, and that's what you might want to hang your head on. Now, he's also not striking out as many guys as yeah. he should. Um, but at the very least, he's still pounding the strike zone. Um, and eventually, you would think that that 337 Babbitt will just get a little bit mm-hmm. luckier for him because uh, he is uh, inducing a lot of ground balls. It's a career high ground ball rate right now. Yeah. Um, so you would expect him to just improve generally, but it's still, none of them are <laughs> knocking your yeah. socks off right now. Yeah. And Matthew, you know, especially given the age, he's a guy who, yeah, you'd obviously rather all three of these guys do better, but he's a guy you can at least see. He's like, you know, whatever the band is, he seems like he's still in presumably he's in what you might consider to be like, the the year to year projection. He's like barely holding on to what you might minimally expect for the guy. So he's a guy you can still say, you can be encouraged enough to say, all right, he's taking the ball. Uh, There are some things that are improving. He's not going lights out where he's going to be like um, in Chicago next year, but at least you can say, all right, we, we think he's a guy who's maybe going to continue to get promoted, at least be someone who could, fill in at the back end or just be one of these four egg. I mean, at least seems projectable to some degree versus these other two guys where the dad is either just atrocious or there's just not enough of it in Kelly's case. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish for Kelly that he was just pitching more often because you could kind of say more about him, but it probably says a lot that he's just not really even pitching that much right now. Um, so you should probably put him on the far back burner because he's yeah. probably not going to be up, if at all, um, for for a while. He is way behind than what a normal, um, I got. I, I believe he was a second round pick, uh, high school draft pick was. Right. Um, but in terms of Matthew Thompson, he will always, he just does this thing where he will be, he'll string together, you know, like this year, three really good starts and then just lose it. Um, that's just kind of the, the Matthew Thompson story. So you'll look up and be like, Oh yeah, he had a good week. He, why isn't he the weekly MVP? Um, and, but then the next week he'll have like a 1350 ERA and that's just kind of, just kind of how that goes with him. One of the benefits of a system that is, well, how do we put it? not good is that you are going to have opportunities. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not looking Davis at Martin. the watch like, uh, geez, Matthew Thompson, we may have, you're on the verge of being really, yeah, maybe in a, like a Tampa system. I know maybe some of these guys, you know, uh, hit the revolving door um, quicker. Of course, not this early, but I mean, you know, listen, he is going to be given, unless there's a real great influx of talent <laughs> coming in the next couple drafts, Darren, uh, I, he's going to have opportunity. He's got, I mean, really any of these guys in any position, even first base, I suppose, you really have to sort of play your way out of the organization when it's this thin, because who, who else are you going to run out there? They're, 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 they're the scouting Savannah Bananas. I mean, God, who are they going to, you know, bring into the system? It's like, okay, sorry, no room for you, Matthew Thomas. So I guess 
don't know if that makes you rest on your laurels too much or something, but I mean, the guy's going to get opportunities. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's always, so I guess the, I guess the best way to talk about him is at, like when Alec Hansen after his injury and we were still including him in all the updates, even, even after his first full, uh, I guess, stint back, and he just was not the same, clearly not the same. Uh, but you're always in the back of your head, oh, like he was really good. It's, maybe it was 2017 first half before he was injured. Um, and that's just kind of the same pedigree that Matthew Thompson holds. Like he came in and obviously second round pick, highly regarded, everyone talks him up. Um, and then, you know, COVID happens no one's starting and then he's back and then you kind of uh, make the excuses which I did a lot for some of these guys for some of these high school draft picks was look they just they didn't pitch and now they're yeah. pitching a ton um, at, at least in Thompson's case it has been better than last year mm-hmm. um, but for the uh, for these other guys they have regressed um, that's the best way to put it yeah um <laughs> <laughs> well, we sort of ended. I mean, that turned out actually slightly sunnier than I thought. So good. Matthew Thompson, keep your nose at a grindstone. Come on, Matthew. We got you here. We're watching you. We're rooting for you. Um, listen, I'd love to talk to Darren Black for like, you know, another half hour, hour. But listen, he's got stuff to do. He's got to write some minors. I mean, basically every night he's doing something. We can't just yak about, oh, yeah, let's talk about the ball game or, you know, what. No, we can't do that. We got to let the guy bump so that he can get to his other stuff he's writing the minor league update who knows how many like white Sox games he's covering this week and how many more like weekly like bi-weekly you know every three week update i don't know what it's going to be he just throws this stuff at me i'm like okay you did it i gotta print it so okay uh darren gonna let you jump hey listen you know i keep saying we're gonna do this weekly i'm not sure if we've done one weekly yet but <laughs> hey yeah. let's figure it out early next week I'll knock on the door. Please open it. We'll do this again in a week. Hopefully we'll have some new guys to talk about. Hopefully it'll be the tone of it. will just be a little bit chippier and we'll just have a little more fun. And Davis Martin will have like one or two more starts under his belt. And we'll just be like, holy cow, how do we miss on David Martin? Davis Martin? We love the guy. He's our ace. Uh, but, you know, hopefully there'll just be some fun stuff to talk about. Maybe let's try to do it. Barring any emergencies, let's do it again in a week. What do you say? Yep, I'll be there. Okay, Darren's always there. When I knock on the door, he's like, all right, it's either pizza or it's Brett asking about podcasts. Lately, it's been pizza a lot more often because I just haven't been bothering him for podcasts as often. But I promise to all of you, and believe me, I only break promises about 50% of the time. Number 28 (laughs) on the farm will be next week, early next week. Listen for it. Thanks for listening to this one. We caught up with some really great stuff, Darren. Thank you for the the stuff on uh, Martin, the Cespedes versus uh, Colas stuff. That's terrific. I appreciate you sharing it with all of us. Hope everybody enjoyed. Thanks for reading. Thanks for listening, sometimes even watching. Darren, see you in a week or so, and uh, I'll I'll, I'll get to editing. Are you done yet? I'll get to editing now. Oh, no, not done yet. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, We'll be with you in a week or so.